it's kind of a, a perfect storm, I suppose, um, that there was people wanting to come here and set up the accelerator and, and we were a really good fit. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Benjamin Pinker. So hi, everyone. This is Benjamin from Sports Tech X. Today, we're going to speak about the Techstar Sports Tech Melbourne Accelerator. And to do so, we have uh, Sam Robertson here in the podcast. He's a professor of sports analytics at Victoria University and a partner at Techstars uh, in Melbourne. So he's a perfect person uh, to speak about the Accelerator program. I'm super excited about this. Uh, but first of all, I want to welcome to the show. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk about this. It's, a, it's an exciting time for us. Absolutely. We got quite some uh, time difference to cover here, but yeah, uh, nevertheless, we, we made it happen. So I would like to start to uh, speak about you as a person. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, telling them who you are, what you've done in the past and what you're doing now? Yeah, yeah, sure. As you, as you alluded to, I, uh, I look after mainly sports analytics these days and uh, But I, uh, I'm not a professor in, well, I don't consider myself a professor in the traditional term. You know, I spent a long time working in professional sport in, in various sporting codes around, uh, around the world, actually, mainly Europe and, and Australia, though. Yeah, I focus very much on the applied side of sport now in my research. Um, the part of that's been roles in innovation in the past. Uh, a lot of that's been development and application of technology in various sports and, and rolling that out. But also, I, I do a lot of, of research and applied consultancy too with, with sporting uh, organizations as well as my staff uh, are involved in that. And in particular, we work on the application of analytics to improving decision-making of, um, of organizations. So particularly in the high-performance sport area, but also in operational decision-making as well. So it's really quite broad. And uh, yeah, this is, this is one part of uh, a lot of that work, I suppose, with the, with the Accelerator. Cool. Uh, they must love you at Techstars. Uh, it sounds like you have a lot of a lot of things to contribute, and especially the startups in, in that field. I'm, I'm sure they can benefit from from your experience there. Yeah, well, it's it's quite a new relationship for us. Uh, you know, they haven't uh, got a long track record of, of working in Australia, so it's something different for them as well. Uh, but yeah, certainly. I mean, this is the the second uh, sports accelerator they've done, uh, with one in Indianapolis in the US as well, which is only quite recent as well. So. Yeah, I'm not sure they love me yet, but maybe they will by the end of, uh, of everything. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's speak about Texas uh, Sports Tech Melbourne. What's the story behind that? How did it happen? What are you guys doing there? Yeah, well, as I said, there's a, there's a number of things that, that kind of come together here. There's a, a, a willingness or an interest on behalf of Techstars themselves to come to Australia, which is obviously a given now. Uh, and then there's a story of, of the partners and the, the involvement of, of the three partners, uh, which is, is obviously ourselves, Tennis Australia being the other one, uh, and then, of course, uh, Launch Victoria or Launch Vic, which is uh, a government arm. So, I mean, I think from our end, if I talk about the university, there's two main drivers here. I think uh, we have an overarching sports strategy like most universities do, um, but it's, it's really important for us because this is a flagship area of what we do as a university. Uh, and I think it's a really congested area around Australia, but also the world, but in particular in Australia, well, there's probably um, double figures as far as the number of sports universities that are spending a lot of time researching and, and working in sport. 
So that that brings with it uh, competition, and so there's been a real need for us to excel and differentiate our offering. Uh, and I think that's part of this. We've wanted to be more innovative and more forward thinking in what we're doing. This isn't always a core business area for universities, I suppose. So we're really proud of that. Uh, I, I think the second part of that is uh, the real drivers of this within our university, the innovations team, which is a, a team that's been with us now for four or five years. And their role is to really to drive entrepreneurship at the university. And sport is a really obvious place for us to, to work on entrepreneurship and innovation because, again, we're not only strong in that area, but such a fast-moving field. So there's really good opportunities for us to to work with our other partners within the university, in particular, all these sporting clubs and organisations that we we work with all over the world. So it's kind of a, a perfect storm, I suppose, um, that there was people wanting to come here and set up the Accelerator and, and we were a really good fit. Sounds good. Can you explain in like two or three sentences what the program looks like or what it's about in, in general, just just so that people understand what, what the whole Techstars program is about? It's quite broad uh, in terms of what we're looking at. It's, it's sports technology, so it's uh, no specific vertical um, attached to that. So it's quite broad in, in the terms of that we are trying to find the most promising, like most accelerators, I suppose, most promising global startups in terms of their potential. It's a global search, uh, so it's not delimited to Australia. Uh, and I think there's seven um, nations represented in the in the 10 companies. So that's that's kind of well evidenced by that. Nice, very diverse. And you just mentioned that there are a bunch of partners involved. I think you said three. Can you tell us how the, the cooperation works between the partners and how they contribute to the program? Yeah, well, Tennis Australia is, is one of those and they're a fantastic partner for us to work with because we have a, an existing relationship with them, uh, not only in a, a traditional university sense such as research and, and student engagement, but also commercially. So we, we have an existing startup of our own working with Tennis Australia, which is the Game Insight Group, which basically provides broadcast statistics to tennis, professional tennis around the world, in particular around the Australian Open. And that's now three or four years old. So we have an existing relationship there. They're a very forward-thinking organisation as well. And they, they probably bring some things to the table in terms of mentoring that we, we don't have as well. So it's a nice uh, a nice blend there. And then LaunchFic is the third partner. Uh, they're responsible for, for driving this area on behalf of the state of Victoria, which is uh, where Melbourne resides in, in that particular state of Australia. So it's a really logical uh, partnership for those three organisations to work together. I think Although this is not a tennis-only accelerator, I think you know if we start to get beyond uh, and add more partners to this, I think it, it gets even broader than, than it already is. And so we, we kind of feel like this is about the right balance. Yeah, you already said that uh, you're looking for like a broad kind of portfolio. You have a diverse group of companies that you selected. Just uh, speak about it in general. What kind of startups are you looking for? Maybe there are some criteria, and, and what can you do for them actually in the program? Yeah, sure. I, I think... Obviously, tennis is, is is important, and a lot of the the, the ten that we've we've gone with here have a tennis as a a driving force behind what they are trying to do. But again, one of the things that we may well be able to offer at, at Victoria University is expanding that offering from tennis into other sports as well. And so sometimes the founders haven't actually even given that a thought at all, and that's that can be done quite easily without actually really uh, going on a hard pivot, for example. So that's, that's something that we we can certainly certainly bring. But again, I guess what type of startups or what kind of startups we're looking for, again, it's it's really about quality. Again, the, the breadth is there. So, you know, we have got diversity in, in the offerings there. But again, if there had have been, you know, 10 really good ones in player tracking, we, we may have looked at, at those areas rather than, than others. But as it turned out, we've got good variety in, in there. 
as far as with the characteristics we're trying to look for, you know, the founder team is, is really important for us, like it is for most. The market in which their offering uh, finds itself, uh, the product itself is obviously something that's 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 pretty important, and then obviously the the current traction or that they they already have, they're kind of the four things we we typically looking for. What well, we did look for uh, in in whittling down to to the ten that we went with. Okay, so you're saying the startup should ideally also have some sort of traction and should not be one of the idea stage ones unless they're potentially like a superstar rock star company. Yeah, that's that's right. Again, probably the way I just described those four features is probably in the order of priority as well. So, I mean, the team mm -hmm. is really important um, for us. But on the on the flip side, if a company did have low traction and and as you said, they we saw some amazing potential there, uh, and there's probably one or two that, that do fit that bill out of the ten. Then then we would certainly still still go on with that as not as important as the team itself, I suppose. Cool. Uh, you said you selected the first cohort already. A bunch of cool startups. I've I've seen the list. Uh, I'm curious if there were any challenges on that journey. Maybe, I don't know, it's hard to convince them to come to Australia. Maybe it's uh, easy to convince them to Australia. Maybe uh, it's something else. What would you say has been the biggest challenge so far? <laughs> well, there's, there's a very clear challenge that we're all facing right now, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is actually uh, just after we'd, we'd made the selection. So I, I guess that's that's thrown up the biggest challenge right now is how we, we potentially face uh, running this as a, Uh, a remote program but certainly uh, the breadth which we say is a strength was also a challenge uh, you know how do you evaluate a, a strong offering in a in a sports marketing space versus a, a sports high performance space so that's 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 created some difficulties you would think that again potentially competing interests between the three partners but again there's been really good alignment with that so that hasn't been a, a challenge that we've faced but i we probably saw that as a potential one But yeah, really, it's been the breadth of the, the companies. I, I think coming to Australia is an interesting one because it, we're a long way away from from Europe and, and the US here, and I think that can be a, a challenge for many of them. But in speaking to the companies before we were locked, most of the world was locked down. There was really good interest and, and really good willingness to to relocate for the, the program, which which was great, and it was a pleasant surprise to an extent. But it's it's um it's it's not surprising to us i mean australia is a fantastic place to live and uh we are a long way away but uh that's sometimes a positive <laughs> cool sounds good though. sounds like you managed uh to to get your way around all these problems that sounds very good stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. Zooming out a little bit, um, a little bit away from from the program, but still connected to that. What do you think are like the hottest trends or sectors in sports tech at the moment? And especially, of course, the ones that you are tracking that ultimately probably will uh, be part of your program as well. Yeah, I, I think I'm an interesting person to ask that question to because again, I'm I'm probably looking this with a lens that's slightly different to the typical person in in a sports technology startup scene. Because I again, I I would associate myself as someone who's involved at the pointy end or the high high performance end of sport so uh, a user in that respect so i think that's useful though and i think that's actually something that we'll be able to provide as a a real value add to the companies in this particular program but in answer to your question i think 
broadly speaking, engagement or, or participation in sport is a, a really crucial thing right now. And it's, it always has been. But again, the, the competition for uh, between sports and actually just to undertake physical activity full stop is is really, really hot. And it has been for a while, but it's it's increasingly getting that way as, as sports become more uh, well increase in popularity but there's also more competition so that's that's certainly a, a hot trend or sector in sports technology a, a really obvious one but it's worth pointing out anyway is, is is obviously the amount of unstructured data being being generated in sport as in most industries right now is, is such a challenge but also an opportunity so I think solutions that focus on automation or semi-automation and improving efficiencies of organization is these are areas that are often not seen as being the sexy areas of sports technology so to speak but in so many respects they can provide the biggest value to sports um, whether they're a professional club or a governing body so that's certainly an area that uh, when we see something done well in that area it's, it's really exciting for us and then of course there's the whole piece which is okay these are broad concepts but the thing the piece around can something be generalized across sports that obviously is going to make it more viable as a company but also more stable and then I guess a, a final piece of that puzzle would be the growth of that that company uh, or the growth of that technology, should I say, if we're talking about technology in, in general terms. You know, is it going to be redundant in a year or two? <laughs> because again, um, you know, this, this space is moving very, very quickly and we're trying to avoid going down a, a rabbit hole with, with one technology that's going to re- become redundant in, in a year's time. Cool. One thing I'm going to do after this podcast is um, check the companies from your accelerator again and, and see how well they fit to these <laughs> fields uh, to, to see the reason why, why you selected them. Cool. Yeah, I mean, these are obviously uh, important factors. Absolutely right. And I guess that's also uh, the second point you mentioned, the unstructured data is probably also the reason why you're involved with, with this tennis startup that you mentioned before, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I speak a lot about this, I guess, in, in my, my day job. I referred to it then as well. I mean, this is just such a, a crucial area for business, and I think we sometimes get seduced by the bright lights of, of new technologies that is going that are going to make incremental gains to our business or to a performance of an athlete. But the reality is, the major gains I still see to be made right now are in data infrastructure and, and organization of data, access of data, so more in the engineering space as well. But as you mentioned, most data that's going to be coming to us in the future is going to be unstructured and most sports are not well equipped to deal with that right now. So I think, um, yeah, out of all the things I just mentioned, that potentially is, is the most important of all. I agree. It's super important these times. Uh, sometimes it's it's the basics that you have to cover before you can add some some fancy technology on top and got to do the groundwork first. I agree. Cool. Uh, let's have a look into the future. I think now we know what you guys do at Techstars, what you're looking for, what the trends are. Uh, so what's coming up in the next couple of months? I mean, obviously, the, the cohort is, is starting. You have the challenge of the virtual program. COVID-19 is uh, still happening, will still be, be a topic for a long, long time. So what are your like most urgent things that you're doing in the next couple of months? Yeah, again, there's been a delay in the program. Um, well, not, not so much a delay, but we've decided to, to move that um, as, a, as a result of, of the global environment right now. And mm-hmm. again, so what we're trying to do now in terms of, of the companies provide support where we can and, um, and mentorship where we can in particular from afar without the program formally starting. So that's, that's a positive in the sense that we can, we can get a little bit of a head start in that, in that respect. But of course, we're also looking you know, really closely at, at futures planning right now. I mean, which is something that we're, we're always doing anyway, looking five, 10 years ahead and, and doing as much objective modeling as we can around that. But 
again, that that's shifted as well now, um, or we think it's it's going to shift, uh, and we need to do, do due diligence on that with respect to what does a post-COVID world look like for sport uh, globally? Obviously, there's going to be things that change, um, and some are going to be good, and some are going to be bad. Well, a lot are going to be bad, so we need to. I guess look at the opportunities that for us as a as a as an institution, but also for the, the partners as we refer to the accelerator here. Can they still thrive? Can they still be viable in that environment? And we and we think that they can. And there's there's some very specific opportunities that that will open up for for some of these, which is which is good. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a challenge, and and we don't know everything. We we're probably more uncertain right now than we than we have been. Well, I still like your positive attitude. That's the main thing. <laughs> That's a good starting point for everything. And one very last question, always looking forward to that one. It's about your favorite sporting moment. So some uh, moment in time when you experience sport either in the stadium, on, in front of the TV or wherever else that yeah, stuck with you that, where you would say this is my, my all-time favorite. And I'm expecting some some Aussie rules football or something like this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, this is an interesting question for me because, again, I, I've coached and worked in the field. So it's, it's, it's normally in the stadium rather than, than at home on the television. Yeah. To to prove your assumption or to prove your hypothesis correct, <laughs> I did work in the the championship, or well, we'll call it the premiership here, the championship in uh, 2016 here for the Australian football team here, which certainly was a, a probably the highlight of my working career with 100,000 people there uh, wow. on that day. But yeah, and that was certainly um, uh, from a working perspective. To be perfectly um, frank, I take the most um, enjoyment out of or my most favourite sporting moments are when I've worked with a you know, maybe a good young player and they've, or a good young athlete and they've gone on to have success or, or, or we've run a, you know, we've developed a really nice analytical model and, and informed a decision that's been proven to be the correct one. So I know that's such an academic response to your question, but uh, <laughs> I kind of take as much um, joy and, and pleasure out of that as, as I do uh, winning a championship, I think. I like it very much. That's definitely a different one than than I expected. I mean, besides uh, the also rules football part, um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that's a, an entire new podcast to speak about uh, analytical models and what you've done there and what worked out and what didn't work out. Uh, so if we ever meet in person, I'm gonna uh, insist on you uh, telling me more about this. Yeah, be happy to. It's uh, an area of interest of mine as well. Like well, there's many in sport, but uh, that's another one. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, Sam, that's it for today. Uh, we covered everything. That was super interesting. Uh, we're looking forward to hear more about uh, the Texas program uh, whenever it will officially kick off then. And uh, yeah, I will follow it closely and wish you all the best for the future. Great. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Benjamin Pankert. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportstechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportstechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.